Life is full of personal wins. Whether it's cleaning your house, getting that dream car, or checking off your to-do list, winning at life is a great feeling. And with the State Farm Personal Price Plan, you can keep winning when you create an affordable price just for you by bundling home and auto. So give yourself a round of applause. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1040. Say, if you live in America, so do I, and I'll be traversing this land of ours uh, for the Wizard Guitar Tour, which uh, starts January 24th and 25th in Columbus, Ohio, at the Columbus Funny Bone, and then uh, the following weekend in Philadelphia at Helium, and then other dates uh, booked through the summer right now, San Francisco, Sacramento, Brea, California, Portland, Oregon, Boston, Denver, Bloomington, Indiana, Minneapolis, Austin, Texas, Cleveland, Ohio, Nashville, uh, some dates in Florida, Phoenix later in the year, and then more dates to be added soon if you go to ID10T.com slash tour, you can get uh, tickets and info on all that business, so come on out. I will be bringing the aforementioned wizard guitar with me, and uh, if you want high fives or you want me to sign something or whatever, then by all means. Okay, so let's talk about you, the ID10T community, events at ID10T.com. Like Brandon, who writes, I make pictures out of tiny squares and post them online for fun. I'm, of course, talking about pixel art or 8-bit art, like the kind seen in retro video games. Oh, Brandon, I remember when this, well, those were just called video games, because uh, I'm old. Anyway, he says, it's been a hobby of mine for about five years, and I've started a YouTube channel to share tutorials, narrated time lapses, and concept to completion videos. Check it out if you're interested in slinging squares or just looking for a new and unique art channel. It is youtube.com slash bjgpixel, or uh, his work on Instagram is Brandon James Greer, G-R-E-E-R, uh, and again, that is on the Instagrams. Thank you, Brandon, for uh, putting some 8-bit art into the world. This episode is Michelle Monahan, uh, who has been on the podcast many times. She is a friend of mine that is also who also happens to be a phenomenal actor. She's been in a ton of amazing stuff. Look her up, but you know who she is. And she is on a new Netflix series called Messiah, which is streaming right now. And uh, just a super cool lady who, um, I don't know, it was just a great conversation. It was just what, it was the first podcast recorded in 2020. We recorded this just a couple days ago. She came over to the house and uh, we just, it was like a nice catch-up chat um, with some good nuggets of wisdom in there too. And she told me, by the way, about a documentary. I mean, she, she mentions it in, in the body of the podcast, but a documentary called The Biggest Little Farm, which Lydia and I watched on Hulu. And it is phenomenal. Um, Michelle grew up on a farm. She knows from farm life. 
And, uh, but even if you don't know or know anything about farms, or understand anything about farms, the biggest little farm is such an amazing human story, um, about this couple who decides to go just drop everything and go try to build a sustainable farm. And it is phenomenal. So I am not only pitching that you watch Michelle's show Messiah on Netflix, but that also you watch the biggest little farm, uh, on, uh, I, I think I'm pretty sure we watched it on Hulu. Anyway, you, you have the resources to look it up. There's a, there's a very smart computer in your pocket that has access to the sum total of all human knowledge. You can find it. So that's that. This is the episode 1040 of the ID10T podcast with Michelle Monahan. Initiating ID10T protocol. We were gone for like a week and a half, so yeah. we just kind of shut the house down. And let's, let's bring it back to life, now dude. <laughs> slowly, like, like, we came home and it was weirdly musty. Like, we were really gone for a week yeah. and a half. Haunted. Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. There's there's ghost children in the house now. I don't think they That's were here exciting, before. exciting, dude. Oh my God, Lydia would be thrilled. <laughs> She's convinced the house is haunted. Is she? Yes. Does, does she see? Does she see ghosts or do you see ghosts? I don't or... see anything. She right. hears. Certain things. She's had multiple accounts of. I thought you came home. I yeah. heard the door close. I heard oh, someone. So interesting. I called out to you. You didn't answer. So I came downstairs and you weren't in your that's car. That's so wasn't interesting. Here. Have yeah. you ever had like a medium or anybody come and like kind of. No, I mean, she would love that. Yeah, exactly. Um, but there's, uh, there's an electrician who comes and works on the house, like when electrical stuff, obviously, yeah. when electrical stuff goes down. And, and he worked for the previous owners of the house. And right? he said he's seen a lot of funky stuff. Interesting. And so, so she's she's all in. Electricians don't lie. <laughs> they, they never lie. Totally affordable. Yeah, exactly. Always on time. Exactly. No, I, but it's it is. Uh, yeah. So she's she's convinced. Yeah. She's like, oh, that's so interesting. This house is definitely haunted, and I'm like, it's definitely not. And we have it. We so we do you watch do you watch the ghost shows ever? Do you watch? No, the, I well, I've seen them. I've yeah. seen them, but I don't. I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily watch them or whatever, but I do believe in all of that. Like you my, do, my, you yeah, do. Yeah, my husband's had a couple of encounters. Really? Yeah, in our old house in New York. I never have. Um, so it's kind of one of those things that, like, I really, I do believe it's it, it exists, but yet, you know, who it exists for yeah. is 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 like is different. I mean, I don't think I'm that. I don't think I'm such a skeptic that if I turn the corner and there was just some like floating ghost, yeah. I'd be like, you're not real. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Of course, I would exactly. fully shit my pants. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but I just have yet to yeah to encounter it. I just have yet, to and encounter I sort it. of don't want them in my in my house. Right, like, you know what I mean. I'm like, you know what? They're cool. They're maybe yours. it's their house, Michelle. Maybe <laughs> it's, it's their, their house. That's the thing. Yeah, I don't know. I I I, I thought it'd be fun to pitch. Not that I you know really want to do this kind of show, but I think it'd be fun to to do a show with Lydia where. We go and re- like because we like to restore houses. Yeah. We go and restore a house, and part of the house restoration is she has to like cleanse it. Yeah, and then I come in and I'm just I'm like 
seriously? <laughs> what are you true. waving around? What are, what are you burning in the house? Exactly. Are you really? We're yeah, doing exactly. this? <laughs> exactly. So it's just that, because I'm sure there are a lot of relationships where one is into it and the other person yeah. isn't. Yeah. And th- it's true. And, and you then have, they're conflicting. And You're then like, I don't want to know. Yeah. I don't want to know. Right? Like, you know what I mean? There's something underneath my bed or in my closet. That's okay. Just oh my God. So, so Pete has seen ghosts or yeah, he's, so he's seen them. Really? Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. He's, he's seen them and he's had one experience where it was like pulling him out of bed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Where he was like, it was a very visceral thing. And if he talks about it, he gets like, yeah. He gets really upset. He gets like, that was like for real and there was no denying it. And um, it, that was a really interesting. Did your kids ever thing. do creepy things? No, kids never seen creepy. Kids have never – Willow, definitely not creepy. Tommy, I sort of think that he – I don't know. I don't know if he's got an imagination or if he sees things and likes to talk to them. But <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? That one I'm not quite – he's like – he's a really interesting little kid. He's like very – He's like an empath and, you know, was born like a few minutes before Halloween. So, Oh, I, no. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, so I always think like there's something else a little deeper going on there with him. Oh, but my gosh. he's a really special kid. I'm telling you, if Lydia could engineer a Halloween baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be it, right? She would. Yeah. I, like I wouldn't be surprised if in, let's see. So if that would be uh, like February. Yeah. It's Valentine's Day babies. And Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day yeah, babies lead to. That's yeah. what. That's where. Yeah, that's yeah. So it's like a Valentine's Day situation. I wouldn't be surprised if around April she was like, surprise. <laughs> no more birth control. Exactly. And we're having a Halloween baby. <laughs> exactly. you're going to like it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it is our favorite, ho- it's our yeah. favorite holiday. Yeah, exactly. Of all time. Oh, by the way, Pete is an Aussie, yes? Yes, he How is. How is he with the So he's, he's fortunately, you know, most of our friends and family are in Victoria, which okay. is the, the state, the yeah. province below. Um, and they're doing okay. They're safe from the fires from now. But it is, I mean, as we all can see, it's absolutely It's, un- it's, it's, it's unreal. It's, We're it's just unreal. seeing this, this this footage of these just poor, like, charred animals. Yeah. And, and, the, the, and it's, the, the sky is red. I mean, it, yeah. must, it must seem apocalyptic. Yeah, it, it, I, from the sounds of it, it is. I mean, I, we've got friends that are in Sydney that are just saying the, the just the air quality, of course. I mean, of course. Even if you're not impacted directly by the fires you're you're impacted by the smoke and yeah. the smoke now has come down to it's in now it's going to victoria um so even you know taking refuge at a beach and things like that you're still you know the, of course the smoke inhalation all of that it's just uh, it, i mean and it's like half a million animals i think is the way that i understand it it's right now really um, devastating i mean i'm so glad pete's okay i'm glad yeah, he's okay thank you. i'm glad yeah, his family's, family's okay, okay but, but you know so anybody that can go out there you know i just put posted something on my on my um instagram actually so you can go to my instagram and um and there's um places where you can directly make an impact right. and and give assistance in any way shape or form so you know the thing is i think that we all need to realize like this is just all of our problem right you know right, and right. this is like what's happening there has happened here not to that extreme thank god but it's possible that it could and anywhere else in the world and so it's just so important to realize that we all need to make an impact. And, yeah. And, you know, even in our, our daily lives, you know, even when some of our governments are not, right. you know, that, that we all realize that we, we need to be responsible for, you know, our environment in this 
actual very real climate fight. Are, are you in LA for just to promote Messiah? Or? No, I'm here. You're I'm here, here. You're here. Yeah, so I live just down the road from you. Oh, yeah, great. We're really, yeah, we're really close. So, oh, good. Um, yeah. So, so no, I've, I've been traveling. I've been working up in Vancouver, um, and um, I'll head back up there tomorrow. But I'm, you oh know, this gosh. is home. This is home. It is. So you're. So you had a little bit of a holiday break, but Vancouver yes. is where you're. Yes. Shooting. Is exactly for how long now? Until the end of January. Got it. Got yeah, it. Got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They said. That Netflix tried to send us a screener, but we were yeah. in a hotel in Maui. Oh. Which, by the way, <laughs> let me just say, Maui was amazing, and I apologize for this. I, th- this is not a complaint. I don't want this to sound like a complaint. There's almost no internet. Wow. <laughs> in, Ma- I mean, they have it. Yes, of course they yeah. have it, but it's it it's it's very. That's clear. why Woody Harrelson lives there. Uh, that- <laughs> makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense now. But it, it's it's funny because a lot of places where you go, it's like, oh, I got full signal, but yeah. it, it just doesn't work. Right, right. And so I asked one of the locals there, I was like, oh, and of course, sounding like a dipshit mainlander, hey, how come it says? Yeah. And he was like, yeah, you just don't know. He goes, I've lived here for a, a years and years. I still haven't figured it out yet. Wow. So there's no... Like we just really couldn't use the internet much, right. so I wasn't able to. We weren't able to stream it. It's okay. So I it's apologize. Right. No, no worries. And by the way, you were on holiday, so yeah. at some point, you know, you just got to yeah, like but, not but, do but work. But watching you know? a show isn't work for know, us. Like it's it's a fun thing to do. Like it's yeah. a really it's a fun thing to do. Yeah. But we uh, but it's very clear. And then. Then there's that reminder of like, yeah, you shouldn't be looking at your fucking phone yeah, because yeah. there's whales <laughs> exactly. and nature yeah, and it's gorgeous. Exactly. Have you have you been? Have you spent a lot of time? There? I we I've never been to Maui, but we've spent a lot of time in Kauai and Honolulu oh, and Honolulu Bay, and that's honestly one of our favorite places on earth. It's just, it's absolutely stunning there. So I don't know if you. Well, I'll I'll go to Maui if you check out Honolulu. I've Bay. been I've been to Kauai and I love it, oh. but it was a long time ago. But the, I had never been to Maui. And my wife, my my wife's mom, took us all to oh. Maui and convinced us. I was the only person that needed convincing. I went up in a helicopter. Have you done yes, that? Yes, yes, yeah, many times. Oh, I was terrified oh, to do it, but then once I did it, I was fine. Yeah, it, it is terrifying, but it is one of those things. Like if there is somewhere where it, where it's that kind of landscape, where you know it's beautiful seeing it on land, but if I can get in the sky and see those waterfalls and the in the rainforest yeah. and all the just that 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 particular region, uh, we we had done it once and it was so beautiful. And then we brought um, my folks there. And I was like, my mom and dad have to, you know, they live in Iowa. You know oh, yeah, I mean? of course. They just see like farmland. It's just and flat. Far, it's just yeah, flat. I'm like, yeah. mom, dad, trust me. Like, you got to take this ride with us. And just to see that, um, it was absolutely stunning. It's, yeah. it's very special. We had a cool helicopter pilot. It, I, it was one They're of those, all cool. Come on. <laughs> they fly choppers. They're, they're, they're all cool. fucking cool. cool. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, the two things. Well, so I, I, I was, I was the, the whole family was like, you don't have to do this if you don't want. And I'm like, no, it terrifies me. So I have, <laughs> I have to, to do, do it. it. Yes. It's a new scary. year. Like, I can't not do it. Yeah. And so I just made a deal with myself. I said, I'm going to get over this. And I did. And the pilot was cool because I was trying to play the Jurassic Park theme on my phone. Yeah. As we, and he goes, oh, I got that. And he played it in the helicopter. So as we're flying through these clips, we're just hearing. So that was fun. He I, did not have the Magnum PI theme, but otherwise. Oh it was my fun. god, that's amazing! That's a that's a great idea is to like be playing it or is, the Raiders of the La- Lost Ark, yes. right? Like all of that, they just be playing the theme song. It is so it enhances oh. the experience <laughs> so much okay. to be able to hear that because it's the helicopters. I'd never been in one before, and they maneuver. 
in a, like dragonfly. It's yeah. so when they bank, they yes. bank really hard. You're like, oh, banking so or just good. spinning in yeah. place yeah. and just going straight up. And yeah. it it was it was really 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 incredible. Yeah. What's your favorite place? What's your favorite place to go on Earth? You do you, do you and Pete have a special? Well, we we really we I, w- I will say that Hanalei Bay I think is That's right is is right up there, yeah. and then also we love Byron Bay. In oh Australia. yeah! Oh my gosh! Of yeah. course. Yeah, and it's and, and that's kind there. of like the the Australian version, I guess, of Hanalei yeah. Bay. Yeah. But he, you know, he's a big surfer. He loves to be by the ocean. Um, I like to surf as well, even though I'm not that great. But um, we enjoy like that kind of vibe and just cruisy kicking like anywhere we can have our shoes off mm-hmm. for like the entire week. And just like hanging out and feet in the sand. That's so interesting. It's so uh, adorable and wonderful that you two found each other. Like farm girl and like Australian surfer guy. Well, you well we met in a bar, so that says a lot. (laughs) (laughs) That's where you find a farm girl and an Australian surfer. Did you meet in a bar in New York, and that's how it happens. (laughs) Oh, that's really nice. That's really really nice. I mean, it is such a like I, I never I don't generally consider myself an outdoorsy person but yeah. being outside of Maui I'm like it's gr- being outside is great yeah don't yeah. know if I could surf. Even just snorkeling, yeah. I feel like I inhaled so much seawater. You know what? It's a little – I will say that snorkeling makes me really ner- – like being in – because I was never really in the water. I mean right. I, I don't even think I experienced the ocean until I was 19, like 18, 19 yeah. for the first time. Um, and so you know, Pete's gotten me really comfortable with it. But I remember the first time we went snorkeling, I was, I was <laughs> sucking <laughs> so much – you know, because it all – like every – that, like I'm more comfortable jumping out of a plane for yeah. real than like diving in like into the ocean and like you know I'm sucking on my you know yeah. I'm diving the air I'm like I'm gonna run out of air in like five minutes because I can't like neutralize my breath yes. it's all about the breathing yeah and it's it's like it's like that's but really also difficult. if you duck below the surface just a little bit and you could breathe in the uh, yeah yeah attention or you get it in your goggles and yeah. shit like oh god yeah and you're trying to kick up and let it go you have this thing and then you can, yeah and it's no. fine. Logging, and yeah. then like the flippers are and digging into your everybody toes. Everybody else, and they're super cool. Yeah. And then they got the flippers in motion. <laughs> it's always that. Yeah, there's some like fucking eight year old kid who's just like Aquaman, yeah, just yeah, yeah. dipping down. Yeah, like exactly. my ears won't pop. This is weird. Why am I trying to pretend to be a fish? Exactly. But it was it, it was great surfing. Uh, I'm surfing terrifies me. It yeah. really just feels like one of those things where. I'm going to get hit in the face with my own board. Yeah, it does. That, and it all <laughs> happens. It all happens. The fin, like, cuts your foot. Like, all of the above happens. But then when you actually catch that wave and you surf it and you can feel it, it's so exhilarating. It's kind of like golfing, you know? Sure. And it's like you just have a shit, shit, shit hit the, every single time. Then all of a sudden, like, you, you know, just have a great drive or whatever it is. Yes. It that is, you coming back for more. That, I t- that, you've, you, that is an analogy. So I've... Played golf my whole life. My grandfather played. I yeah. worked at golf courses all through college. I haven't played in years. Yeah. And I started playing a little bit last year. And I played great. And then I realized, like, oh, fuck, this is how it happens. 
you don't play for a long time, so you forget all your mistakes. Yeah, yes. And then you're like, I should do this. And you start doing it, and then you just... Oh, my God. Snowball mistakes. Yes. And you're like, oh, I got to with the left arm, and then hips, and then, and then all of a sudden you're in it, and then you play like shit, and then you have yeah, to quit yeah, for two yeah, more years again. Oh, my God, again. that is so how it goes. Yeah. Because it's so interesting, like, when you just, like, let go, you yeah. completely let go, and you're just present, you're just yeah. doing it for fun. Yeah, exactly. And then you decide, you're like, I need to take this fun a little bit more seriously and make it my official fucking hobby yeah, yeah, so I can yeah. suck at it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just need to get good enough at it again so I can be awful and get angry at it to where it's not fun at all. And I'm like, why am I doing this for five hours? And these people won't just fucking hit the ball and drive. Like, it's. It, <laughs> oh, my God. How do you play? I didn't know you played. No, I mean, I used to play. Like, growing up, I played a little bit. But it's one of those things, like, whenever I go home to Iowa, you know, there's not a lot to do there in the sure. summer, but we've got a golf course near our house, and I'll go hit the ball around a little bit. And, you know, I'm encouraged because I'm like, oh, wait, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not that bad. I'm very good on the green. I'm a really good putter. Um, so that's kind of the better part of my game. So I like playing, like, a best shot. You know what I mean? With your right. group of people. Right, Whoever right, gets the right. Shot, like, I'll, 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 I will carry us through. <laughs> I will carry us through, team. You know, I just need somebody to get us there. Um, so I enjoy it. But, like, in terms of, you know, actively pursuing it, I always think, like, I want to get up here at Griffith Park and do it or something, but I never get around to doing it. It's, it's a, a fun it's, sport. It's a fun sport. It is nice to be outside for four or five yes. hours. But the fucked up thing about golf is that – it you know if you play basketball or something like that it's like you can make a mistake and within yeah. two seconds you can turn that yeah. shit around. <laughs> exactly. But with golf you can have literally seventeen and a half amazing <laughs> holes, yes, it's true. and then it just all unravels oh, in the last. You it's know, like, so true. You know, I was playing so great, and it's then so true. You know, it's so true. And then you can totally blow it. But it's a good metaphor for life. It I is. Think, it is to just let everything. It's go. also a good thing to watch and nap to. <laughs> I find. <laughs> I find like, it is. There's something about putting golf on, like on a Saturday or Sunday, and the announcers. It's like it's like almost meditative. Oh yeah. Know? And then you hear like the faint clap. The faint. I have a theory clap. on this. You do. Yes. And, and and before I know it, like because I actually really enjoy watching it. And then before I know it, like I've woken up and I'm like, shit! I just fell asleep during you know the Masters, third I, day of the Masters. I know why. I know why it is, and it's not just because you know it, it can be boring to watch sports. Yeah. But I think it. I I think golf basically mimics all of it's all of the sounds we hear in the womb, right? Where it's just all these like little like yeah, high end noises. <laughs> And then, and then here we go. Like it, it must yes. be all the all that kind of weird. Oh my god, that is yeah. so that is so interesting because you do you hear the sound the sounds of nature. Right? Yeah, you hear the like the yeah. minimal clap. You know, it's like yes, go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yes, go on. It's just all that all that stuff. There's like a little bit of a sound barrier. You just get like bits and pieces of all the faint sounds of being in the womb in that oh sack when we were that. good snorkelers. <laughs> That's when we were good at snorkeling, uh, was being in the womb. So I think it yes. does just mimic all of yeah. those. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's exactly. That must, that Nailed must be it. I like it. I love, love, love that theory. Do you uh, do you get to take a lot of time off, or do you just go from thing to thing to thing? Do you to know thing? what I I I've, I took all, after I finished shooting Messiah. That was about six or seven months. Um, I took most of the year off. I took about seven months off. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, it, it really was amazing. I really needed it. I, I ended my kind of my journey on the show because we shot in Jordan. I went on about a two-week holiday there, and I went to Petra and Wadi Rum mm -hmm. and um, went all over Israel. So that kind of – I ended it with a vacation and then was just home and – 
you know, not shooting, kind of, you know, actively working on other yeah. things and stuff like that, but not actually um, committed to any project. And then I just sort of, you know, towards the tail end of the year, a couple of opportunities came up and I decided to go back to work. So typically it's one, of, you know, you never know when jobs are going to come up right. it's, and, 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 and things kind of come together and then they ultimately fall apart and then something else kind of takes its place. So, um, I never really have a set thing in terms of like, okay, now I'm going to take time off. Um, with the exception of Messiah, where I was like, I really needed to take time off of that after that. Um, but when I'm not taking time off, when I am taking, when I do decide to take time off, I really try to take full advantage of it by like squeezing in a nice family holiday if we can, or, you know, just doing like little road trips on the weekend, you know, and you can do that in California. Yeah. Right? Like you can take like a, a Friday off, you know, and just, we just try to go camping for the weekend or we go to oh, know, the beach nice. for the weekend, just things like that, that really feels restorative, you know, and like, you know, feels like we're having great quality family time and, you know, doing things together. Do you do full on legit camping, like pitch the tent? Yeah. I mean, we, we've done that. We go to like Burning Man and we pitch the the tent, my husband <laughs> and I, and we've done it here a few times, but we like to go up to this place up North where you get like this tiny little cabin yeah. and then we hang out there and we don't hoof it too. We don't hoof it too much. Right, right, right. You know, there's, I feel like there's a nice, there's a nice, balance there's a, there's there. a nice balance. I think I, I feel like I'm, too old now to start being like I'm gonna I'm gonna learn how to tie a bunch of knots and make fire. Yeah, I mean it's nice to be able to say that you can do that, oh, but like great. I don't. The idea, like, because we grew up doing it solely. My mom, oh, wow. we would pack up a tent in a suburban and we would drive out to like Colorado, Montana, Wyoming, and those were our summer vacations. But in doing that, like, my mom spent two weeks like prepping like coolers to make sure we had meals and food and things like that, and then. We'd come home and then she'd be unpacking all the gear, you know, my my dad's help, of course. But it was like, it's a lot of work to actually like hoof it and have that kind of vacation. You know what I mean? There's a lot of prep and, you know, and, and cleanup that involves that. So I like to go somewhere where I can pack up a cooler, but there's like, there's food, like, you know, that I can easily access. And, Gosh, though, your you know. mom, though, it, like it, it, I have so much respect for that because I feel like when we were growing up, Maybe my mom was the exception to this, but I feel like if you grew up in the Midwest, probably your parents were just cool about stuff. Yeah. Like, you know what? The kids, they're going to run around. Yeah. They're, they're probably going to fall down. They might, you know, yeah. maybe a squirrel's going to bite them. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. But it'll, whatever, it'll be fine. Like, a kid, I, we went to like a really nice resort in Maui, and I still, my bag is like, yeah. Okay, I have uh, Neosporin, I have Pepto, yeah, yeah, um, exactly. I, I, I have like, my bag is like a medicine cabinet yeah. in a Best Buy because it's yeah. all power cables and then just and any kind of medicine yeah. you could need. Yeah. Do you, I mean, when you're a parent, as I assume I maybe will be for Halloween, who knows yeah. if Lydia gets a, an idea. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> if but, I slip it to her. Yeah, if I slip it. <laughs> but, um, uh, how do you not, especially like when you're out in the wilderness, like, oh, don't touch it. Oh, be careful. Oh, God. Oh, don't. Oh, that looks poisonous. Oh, please don't eat that. Oh, I know. Don't, don't I know. I know. And we, we, our kids are really like curious, especially our boy. Um, and we were just really out in the wilderness for like the last week. We were pretty much off grid. We were in northern New Mexico at this ranch. Um, and it was, it was one of those things too where, um, immediately when we got out of the car and we arrived, um, they started like jumping in the snow. They were so excited. And I was like, let's come <laughs> over here. Let's like say hello. Let's figure out like where, where, where our rooms are at. And, uh, the gentleman that was ha- helping us was like, 
listen, he was like, by the end of it, you're going to let be letting them run around the whole ranch. You won't even know where they're at. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm telling you, by like day three came along, we were like, where's Tommy? Where, um, I don't know. I think I just saw him running around. He's like over there, you know? Um, and it was exactly, it was exactly that. I mean, I think like once you see them, especially like kids, like you just see, um, how how kids thrive like yeah. i remember as a kid like i really thrived in nature mm-hmm. as a kid and yeah there's like there of course like we took them tubing and he bon- he like flipped over the thing and he hit his head and i was like shit oh, no. man like you know i was like well there's ice right here it's just like <laughs> just like just like dude, just there. just go horizontal right here that's what you get, that's what you got to do <laughs> you know what i mean that like, is, that'll take a moment more improvising you know but it is like one of those things that you're, you're, we're gonna get hurt. We're bound to get hurt. And then my dad did it, and he like whacked his head a few days later. I mean, and you're supposed it, to get hurt. And a you're little supposed bit, to get hurt. That's how you learn. It's about, and I'll tell the best story. The best thing that came out of this was like our son had never been like in proper snow before, and it was like our first night there. We were we were coming back from dinner. We we walked into this little cottage that we were staying in, and, and we were like, all of a sudden, we we're like, well, where the hell's Tommy? Right? It's like ten minutes later. We were getting our gear off, like getting settled, and I'm like, oh wait, he's not here. I walk outside. He's outside, like playing in the snow, like still it's pitch black. And he's got no mittens on. And I was like, fuck. Oh, no. Oh, fuck. Oh. I was like, Tommy, mate, get inside. He comes inside. He's like, oh, mommy, my hands are really cold. And I was like, you're oh. about to learn a really big lesson here, okay? This is probably never going to happen again. You're about to experience about 15 minutes of hell. Your hands are frozen. You can't feel them right now. And in a few minutes, they're going to get really, really hot. Oh. You're going to burn, burn, burn. And you're going to scream, cry, and scream. You're going to be sorry. But it's going to be okay. Just keep it moving. Just keep it moving. And we made the mistake of putting them under hot water. And that's the thing you're never you're supposed, never supposed to, do. to do that. So, well, we paid for that. He was screaming and hollering. He's like, he was genuinely really, really freaked out. Um, cause it is the most awful feeling in the world. Of course. But, but, and then he was fine, of course, but by the rest of the trip, he never forgot his, his, that, his gloves. That's how he learns. But like, yeah. that's the thing. Like, it's so funny. Like you, you know, because that is the thing. It's like, they're going to get hurt. They're going to like, you know, this and that, but you just kind of got to roll with it. And, and I deal. don't want to terrify the, you know, a kid of like, Oh, be, oh, don't, if you do, cause then they're just going to, yeah, they're going to feel like the world's y- a terrifying place. Y- yeah. That, that's, that's exactly right. That's there. There are like animals and things out in the wilderness. And listen, I've made the huge mistake. I remember I was shooting down in New Orleans and I was walking down the street with Willow and I was like, oh my God, look at this caterpillar. Oh no. Oh my God, Willow. And I went to pick it up and I didn't know they had these like fucking like caterpillars down there <laughs> that they're the black ones. Anybody from down south is going to be like, you're an Why'd idiot. Why'd you touch that? Why'd you touch that thing? And they're black caterpillars and immediately when you touch them, the the all the little the, the hairs like just immediately embed themselves oh, in shit. into your fingers or your feet if you step on one and it is so painful beyond painful and they stay embedded for like you know days until they decide to come out so everything is so sensitive and i remember being on the street with will and i was like oh god Oh, Jesus. Mommy, are you okay? And I was like, don't ever touch one of those caterpillars down here. I was like, don't ever touch one. I was like, I've learned a really bad, you know, I've learned a lesson. Everything's everything's like, I've learned a lesson. You're learning your lesson. You know, daddy's learning a lesson. But like, that is the only way. It's like, that's the way you learn. You know, yeah. yeah that, and you want them to be appreciate like course. the environment and being outside and not be afraid of everything. Not be thing, afraid. But, but still, like, there are some, there are some dangerous things. Yeah. That thing that happened to your son happened to my mom when oh. she was 
I think in her 20s, because she's from Miami. Right, okay. The first so time she deal. saw snow, she did the same thing. She just, like, was fascinated by it. Her hands froze, and she went inside and put them in front of a heater, and she said her skin just blistered oh, immediately. Oh, God. And it was excruciating. Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing you weren't supposed to do. Is it even room temperature water or cold water? Because you have to It's a good question. We, sh- we should figure it out. We should because, figure this out. Yeah, because it was one of those things, and my husband naturally was like, Tommy, just jump in the shower. We'll turn it on really warm. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll warm you right up. We'll warm you right up. And then meanwhile, we were just actually making it worse. Way worse. And I was like, oh, wow. Mommy and Daddy are learning a lesson, too. <laughs> Thank you for teaching us the whole family a lesson. Thanks for taking one for the team, kid. You know, and inside every bit of pain is the, is the seed of a lesson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that's That's how it happens. Exactly. Um, Katie, can you let's look this up so we can give people good advice. I imagine everyone else listening to this probably knows the answer, and they're shouting it. Yeah, they're shouting it. Don't right. just you're put it. Oh, my God. You're, you're, you're so Hollywood. You get, You've forgotten you your roots. Put your hands in frozen broccoli, and the <laughs> yeah. broccoli brings your body temperature. Blah, <laughs> yeah, blah, blah, exactly. Blah, blah, blah. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Exactly. Well, Katie's looking this up. I, uh, are, are, it's... Are you guys ever – have we talked about – maybe we talked about this the yeah. first time you were on years ago. Are you is, – is, is farm life in your future at some point? No. Yeah, no, no, you, no. you did no, it. No, 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 no. No farm life. I mean I appreciate the farm life and I so appreciate where I grew up because it was just so um, – it was just very easygoing and very wholesome. You know, yeah. I grew up in a rural Iowa, a town of 700 people. You know, most of my friends back there are still farmers. My dad's a farmhand still. He cannot retire. He loves it. So I love the land and, you know, I like, again, like I love being outdoors, but mm-hmm. that's not something that it's, it's, I know that it is, it is probably one of the hardest jobs there is out there, like on a day to day basis. Like, you know, my dad's doing chores from like 5 a.m. until the sun goes down and, you know, works on weekends and then, you know, is dependent on the weather. Yeah. Of course, you know, yeah. to, to, you know, to have, so I know how difficult it is, but, um, it would be it would be too much for me. I couldn't handle it. Because it, it's what's the? I mean, it must be interesting to sort of find the balance between, like, I don't want to get too soft. However, being a super successful actress is really comfy sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> there's like there's like a nice comfort in you know like it's they're two completely disparate worlds. Yeah, totally. So you don't you don't want to go. I would imagine too far in the like. Oh, I don't want to. Yeah, but I I could imagine we don't we don't have a um you know we live in L.A. we love L.A. Um, I wouldn't mind living somewhere a little bit more rural, like just being out in the right. in the wood. Like I love the mountains. I love the mountain. Give me any kind of green. Yeah, you know I always sort of tell my husband I'm like. 
if there was an ocean in Nashville. And he was <laughs> like, I, yeah, he's like, he's like, I could do that. It's the and I was only like, thing. It really is the only thing. Like, uh, Nashville is one of my favorite places yeah. on earth. I'm a huge country music fan. Of course, that has a lot to do with it. But, you know, I like the people there and um, I just like the vibe. And, and, and it's just a beautiful state. I think it has the more trees than any state that there, I don't know, I was told that that Tennessee does. And I believe it. It's super green. Um, but, you know, I, I still kind of think, but he needs to be close to the water. I grew so up in Tennessee. Yeah. Oh, you well. grew yeah, up yeah, in yeah. Tennessee? Yeah, I did. I'm from Memphis. I, I was born in Kentucky, but I grew up in Memphis. Oh, I didn't know that, dude. Yeah, yeah. But oh. Nashville is a great... Nashville, uh, part, that part of downtown, and whatever, it's it's like, you know, yeah. a handful of blocks, yeah. has become fucking Vegas. Oh, like, it's that, crazy. Because I, I, I was performing there, so I had to go. I went and did a radio thing on uh, uh, the highway, Sirius yeah, XM, the highway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm watching... By the these, way, which I listen to all the time. Oh, that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lydia. By that the way, the Garth Brooks channel. Yeah, li- li- Lydia. Lydia listens to like early two thousands bubblegum pop, uh, yeah. and every other channel is like prime country, yeah. the highway. <laughs> like yes, it's just exactly. all. And uh, I love classic country, yeah. modern country. I'm a, for me, it feels a little like pop music. But yeah. but so we go down there, and uh, and these fucking pedal pubs yeah. are baffling to it me. It's crazy. How can you just drink in, I on don't a because you're on a bike? It's, it's okay. It's, it is. It's really interesting because I actually did that, and I did it with a girlfriend of mine, my best girlfriend from, from Iowa. We went down there. And I was shooting down there. That's and I and we were walking, and I was like, "Is that for real?" <laughs> she was like, "Should we legal? get on one?" And then so we got on one. But I was like, "Oh, we had a beer, and we went like you know, I don't know, half a mile or whatever. We got off." But I but then late night. I mean, there are people on the and there are no seatbelts. Like, there's nothing yeah. holding you there. Yeah. And I'm thinking like. Wow, like how many times do people fall off the back or, of Or how things? are people not vomiting? Yeah. Like, Oh, I think they are. Yeah, they must be. <laughs> are you be. actually powering it or is that just part of the illusion? I don't know. I think it's got to be a part of the illusion because obviously there's like there's six people that are just absolutely hammered. They're not going no, anywhere. No, well, of course. The only powering. They're just like powering You know what hardcore right drinking here. needs is rigorous physical exertion. Yeah, it's, like, it's wild. I mean, it's funny because when I was working down there, I was uh, – I was, you know, working, so I wasn't partying down there. Um, and they go hard from Wednesday to Sunday night. <laughs> those bu- those party buses yeah. are just. It's the bachelorette capital of the world. Oh yeah, of course, of yeah. Course. So you know, um, all the bachelors are are flocking there. Sure, of course, of course, because <laughs> it's the bad. That's where the bachelorettes but, are. You know, but what was so cool about. Um, one weekend there, I think I saw I saw John Prine uh-huh. um, at at the Ryman. I saw Billy Idol at some crazy like stadium, uh-huh. and then I saw some great little local. I had some locals give me not not the places on Broadway, but um, a couple little places off the beaten path to see some music. And it, and then I saw some bluegrass on a Sunday mass sort of situation. That's amazing. And I'm like, wow, man! I just saw the best music. It's great. And it's not. And they, it is music town. So it's not just country, but there's so many other things that you can take in there. And the food scene there is unbelievable. That's why I'm wondering if the, are, are the carts. Are the pedal carts going to uh, – is it going to be like an ice cream pedal cart? Yeah, and a, yeah exactly. And a barbecue pedal yeah, cart. Like, yeah, and a little churros pedal cart or something. Oh, my God. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be you'd, you'd get fully sick. There's no way. Yeah, you yeah. couldn't possibly – they can't possibly be p- yeah. powering that by pedaling. And I, that it's must crazy. be part of the – 
There's just there's no way. There's got to be something else. There. You would never be. I mean, from what I remember about drinking is that if I got on an exercise bike and tried yeah. to pound beers, it would never. It, it would be terrible. Yeah, it, would it would not go well at all. Situation. Yeah, Nashville's really great. I just yeah. know because Lydia is. Um, she definitely well her her family is like they're historically ranchers. Yeah. And so they have a lot of farm and All ranch right. and, and they have cattle farms and and so they she's always talking about like, oh we you know, someday I wanna be on a farm, I wanna See. and she's been leaning so hard on uh wanting goats. And I'm like, we can't have goats. Oh, but we there But you can. I mean, there's somebody by our house. That lives by our house. I don't know where they're at, but we see them walking the goat with uh, with a leash. Don't let her hear you. Oh say my god! <laughs> oh my gosh! I think I've convinced we, her it's not allowed on our. We saw it. We saw it again yesterday, and it's this dude. He's got a goat, and their goats are so friendly. They're like you know. She says they're like you know. I we love. I I solve the problem. Yeah. Because I do, goats are fun. Yeah. Up we sometimes we'll go up to Cambria, which is in Central California, and yeah. there's a. There's a goat farm up there yeah. that like a like a that make a, a goat milk and goat yeah, butter and goat all uh, the cheese all the and cheese all that and everything and it's called Stepladder Creamery and it's great and they you can take tours of it wow. and we always go up there they have these little Spanish goats called La Manchas they have these tiny little like tortellini shaped yeah. ears and they act like dogs they really do yeah. act like dogs and so for one of our Christmas presents was I called the ranch and I said, can I buy a goat and keep it at your ranch? Yeah. And thinking they were going to be like, get the fuck out. And they were like, absolutely. So I bought a goat. Oh, and my gosh. They, so I, they've committed like one of the upcoming babies, which will be born in like a, six weeks or whatever. And we're going to go up and then we'll have a goat and then they'll take care of it. They'll oh have it up there. Oh, my God. Because we wow. can't. You are genius. That was a smart thing to do. That was a really I, 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 I was, smart thing. I was very pleased with the oh engineering on that Oh my gosh, that was you nailed that. It scratched the itch, but we don't have to. Yeah, no, you don't have clean to worry about it. You don't have to clean up goat shit. That is like the perfect. By the way, goat shit's ever. adorable. Like is I don't want to. Is it kind of like rabbit? It, yes, 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 yes. It comes out like buckshot. Like it's just like these it's perfect little spheres. Just dry. You don't have to worry you about it. You don't have to worry about okay. it. Yeah, yeah. It's just like they're they're, they're just like these little Play-Doh fun facts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just it, it, it is perfection. <laughs> but if it were. If, if it were up to Lydia, we would have. Oh my god! Horses and goats and emus and and. Do you guys have any pets? No. Well, we no, had a, okay. we had a cat. The cat okay. passed away right before Christmas, which was devastating. Um, but uh, but uh, but it looks like uh, we're getting a puppy in like You're getting a puppy. six weeks or so. We yeah. recently got an angora bunny, which is most. Like, because our we have a lot of allergies in our house, and okay. so this was the only thing that Tommy and Pete were not allergic to. Okay, uh, was a rabbit. So, um, but we just didn't want to have a rabbit in a cage that was just kind of like hanging out, or whatever. Yeah. And our friends of ours said, um, "Oh, our uh, friends are you know they're they've got an angora bunny that they're about to um, it's about to give birth to." And it's most like a dog. That breed is most like a dog. And we were like, really? And they have the long – she's long, white, furry hair. Um, she, her name is Bubbles. <laughs> but like she she's, she goes in a litter box. She trained herself. Oh, that's amazing. And she's like a free-range bunny. She just lives out she in the lives, house? She lives out in the house. She goes out in the courtyard. She hangs out. She eats all the plants. She only eats cilantro and like greens. <laughs> and she comes to you like when you're like, hey, Bubbles. And you're like, 
and she comes running, jumps up on your lap. So that could be a good option for you guys too. That's not a bad idea, although it's just here, you know, up in the hills, there's like mad coyotes. Yeah. It's like coyote town. She just runs around the house. Just she run around indoor, the house. Indoor, indoor, indoor. I just indoor feel running. like a door would get left open. Oh, that would, that would be so stressful. I'd love, yeah. That's the thing with having goats here is like, okay, Lydia, let's just, besides the fact that we do not have the facilities to raise yeah. goats. There's coyotes, and she goes, oh, well, you just get an emu. And I go, I'm not going to get a fucking emu. <laughs> to, to she goes, my aunt has an emu on her farm. It protect. I go, I, I know, emus are fucking dinosaurs, but we can't, like, it can't be, well, then we have to get the, yeah, exactly. then we have to get an elephant. Because oh, my God, the, it's so know. true. Have you seen that documentary? I think you guys would love it. It's The uh, the Biggest Little Farm. No. <gasps> You guys will love it. Oh, she's it, gonna want everything in it. It's so it's so amazing, and it's about this couple in Venice um, whose dream is they just kind of close up shop on whatever they're doing there, and they buy some land up in like near Santa Barbara, and it's about them turning this like very um, drought stricken land. It's literally got no life on it, and making it into a farm. God damn it! And I already love this. It's all about it is, and it's all about mm. that the the life cycle in which like, well, shit. Now we have a goat. Now we need an emu to protect it from the coyotes, but now we've got too many coyotes. So what do we do about offsetting the coyotes? You have coyote to build cap? an ecosystem. And they build an entire ecosystem. And it, it now it's, you know, without spoiling it, it is, um, I, it, it's, it's thriving now. Let's just put it that way. Okay. But you see. I would the, hope that that's yeah, how it ends. it is, but you don't think, like, <laughs> you know, it takes you on a journey, but it's an amazing, it's so inspiring when you're talking about farming and yeah. anything like that because. Um, you realize like there are great ways in that you can you can bring back land just by employing certain conservation efforts. I love it's, that. And, and between animals and plants and trees, the way and how you plant them, when you plant them, actually like no, you don't plant them in rows. You plant them like in a circular sort of pattern because what that does when it rains, the the rain won't just oh. run off. It'll keep the rain going into the soil. Oh, I love that. Shit. Yeah, it's so fascinating. It's the biggest little farm. I think I will absolutely you can. Watch I think it. you can watch it um, after you binge watch Messiah on Netflix. On Netflix, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Messiah, which people yeah. can watch. Then you watch Biggest yeah. Little Farm. It's sort of like the the dessert. The Biggest Little yeah. Farm is the dessert it's after the dessert. you watch after you yeah, watch Messiah. Yeah, it's really it's a really cool. It like really warmed it really warmed my heart. I watching. love that. I have so much respect for farms and farmers and farming because it. Um, if even just going up to this goat farm yeah. and seeing the ecosystem that they have where they have these like these two Anatolian shepherds that are these massive like pony sized yeah. dogs that are so sweet but if you're an invasive predator yeah. Yeah. they will fuck your yeah. shit they wow. like are lion hunting dogs wow and so like just seeing and and knowing that some that some people have the ability to look at the land yeah. and figure out how to draw life yeah. out of it and that's all they need yeah. when we are so reliant on so many stupid things in our in our like yeah. city lives yeah. and that we take for granted and so it just I, I get it I don't think I would ever be good at it but I t- completely yeah. understand like just the simplicity of like you know, it's such a metaphor for life. However yeah. much care you give a thing yeah. is what's going to grow. Yeah. And sometimes, no matter how much care, it's not going to work. Yep. And you got to start over and you got to be okay yep. with that. Yep. I love it. I yep. love it. I love it. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree with you more. This place that we just went to up in um, northern New Mexico is um, – uh, it's called um, Vermejo, and it's under um, Ted Turner, who's right. like th- got millions and millions of, of of property and land that he's preserving, and. 
uh, one of the things that he's doing, you know, he, his, um, his, uh, the catalyst for buying all this land was there were only 300 bison, American bison, you know, years ago. And he was like, wait, this is impossible. I want to bring back the bison, but in order to do that, I need to give them a land that's inhabitable and and all these things. So over the course of, you know, conserving the land, you know, they were just telling us, you know, they have a little river that runs through the properties. I think it's about half a million acres. And they no longer in New Mexico had the native fish of Mexico. Like they couldn't find it in all their fishes or all their streams in the lakes. And they're like, wow, it's extinct. Like, and there was somebody that had found one or a few, and they started um, uh, uh, breeding them or fishing, you know, mm-hmm. fishing things or whatever. And they said, well, we're going to put it back into the Vermejo River. And they did, they they found out because they employ all the bio- biologists, environmentalists, and they all work together on this property. There's like five or six. It's like the biggest little farm, but like times like 100 what they're doing right. there with all the animals. And they realized that it had um, – the river had gone up half a temperature – and it gone up half a temperature, not for environmental reasons. Um, that is why all the fish died. But it, it went off. It went up half a temperature because on the edge of the of the river, they have all the grass, and the grass was be, being eaten by all the elk. Oh. And so then the river got hot, and then it killed all the, the the natural fish. So what they did is they cleaned out the Vermeo River of all the fish that had just been dumped in there, mm-hmm. which took like two or three years apparently. And then they they somehow managed to get the um, the elk, the elk population under control by you know evening out the bull elk to the cow right. elk, the male female elk. So now they've got that down to like eight thousand, which is the ideal number, which is sustainable. So now the grass is growing back along the sides of the the river, and now the fish are thriving oh, because it's as lower because it's lowered the temperature of the water. That's incredible, and that's what they're doing. They've got like bobcats there that you know that they've got. Now they've got 5,000 bison. They've got like 500 wild horses. They've got like the elk population. But it's so interesting. Oh, my God. 5,000 bison. Yeah, yeah. And it's really just – it's all about just, you know, people, special people like that that can, can – if we just take an example of like how to conserve, you know, and maintain and sustain all of our animals by just, you know um, – Paying attention. Just by paying attention <laughs> yeah. to the environment and what they do. It's Anyway, we're going off on a tangent. No, it's but, nice. It's a good it's tangent really because yeah. it's, it's, it's a good – I mean it, – it's whether you're farming or whether you're like trying to nurture a career or bring back bison, you know, everything relies on everything else. Everything yeah, is some kind exactly. of a delicate ecosystem yes. that requires care and attention. And again, it's the things that that you really nurture in your life are the things that you pay attention to. Exactly. So if you're paying attention to this, you know, how do we solve this problem? It just shows like, oh, you we could solve a lot more things if we were paying attention to the that's, right things. That's exactly right. But just how easy it is to get caught up in yeah. our day-to-day, like, you know, distraction-heavy life. I mean, it's – the amount of distractions we have yeah. in our lives now, our brains were never meant to process. Yes. It's just <laughs> – we're just overloaded it's true. all the time. It's so true, man. Yeah. So I, I – someday we might have a farm – and maybe Great. maybe I'll I'll have to call and go, what do, what do I do? I'll be there. I'll you said be a there. circular pattern. I'm yeah, supposed yeah, to yeah, plant yeah, the yeah, shit. Yeah, None exactly. of this shit grows. Well, we tried to Lydia um we have uh, we have this grapefruit tree that has these really rare grapefruits. It's just yeah. been on the property for gosh, probably 100 years. Wow. And I were to understand that 
it's probably not like I don't think it lives a lot past 100 yeah. years. So she, we've been trying to cultivate the grapefruit seeds and we we can get them to sprout. Right. And then after sprouting, they just wither and we cannot figure out. And wow. I know there's a solution. It is it is a math problem. And I oh, know no. there's a there's a math problem to figure it oh, out. Oh, my gosh. I want I, that's amazing. Grapefruit, by the way, are my favorite food. Um, I love grapefruit. You've got to figure that out. We have got to yeah. figure it out. Okay, and she Internet, also help us out. She also was uh, she found these apples that I think they only grow maybe at the base. I'm I'm throwing this out. Maybe at the base of Mount Rainier, but they're like these green apples that are oh, pink on the inside. God. What? And they are unfucking believable. Oh, oh like God. the best apple you've ever had in your life. And they there's only a handful of places that actually grow them. And so she was like, oh, my God, we have to, like, grow no, these down a, here. No, it's an apple farm. You need to, like, start. They, they won't grow down here because it's too, oh too much God. of a desert climate. But, you know, it's just it knowing that there are things out there in the world that if you just give them care yeah, and cultivate them, will right. we'll bear fruit. Yes. I, maybe it's because I'm getting older, but that idea is <laughs> really sexy yeah, to yeah. me. Like, oh, you could just make a thing yeah, yeah. out of nothing? You yeah. could, not out of nothing, no. but you could just make a thing? No, yeah, no. It's true. My husband is doing that now with a ficus because ficus are really finicky um, to to grow and or to kind of kind of keep alive and We've got a beautiful ficus that we've been growing, and now he's like, this is a really great ficus tree. So now he's trimmed it, and now he's trying to grow his own ficus. Yeah. But it's that. He's like, he's getting it to, like, sprout, and it's all coming, and he's like, I think I'm stuck. <laughs> I think I'm stuck. Like, I need the – what's the next thing? What's the next thing that I'm not doing? But it is, and there's so, there's so much – um gratification in that yeah. you know where like you're like you're nurturing something you're cultivating and it's growing and it's you know it's that was that was cool. one of the other Christmas presents I got yeah. Lydia was a was a, we was can a, also grow a pot too we, <laughs> <laughs> just just keep it simple you know what I'm saying we do live in California <laughs> oh my god yeah you know I miss that but you know again because I don't do I can't do anything and even some of the CBD stuff I'm yeah. like you know, like I, I, cause I played golf in Hawaii yeah. and Lydia said, well, you know, I, my shoulder got tight yes. just so I can put a CBD patch on there. I was like, there, is a, there can't be any THC in there. And so it was one of those like, no, but it's such a yeah. gray area with CBD right now. And it very much everyone is. thinks it like cures everything. Yeah. And it's like, when are we gonna, and I know it's very helpful. Yeah. But you start reading about it, and uh, there's a lot of like, well, n- n- not Maybe enough research is yeah. done yet, so exactly. we kind of need to see, but it seems very It's promising. still like the wild, wild west with it all that stuff. It still is a little bit the wild, yeah. wild west, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Do you, got, do you guys, can you, do you grow weed or you don't? You, 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 we haven't grown weed yet. No. <laughs> but I say yet. yet. I say yet. yet. I say yet. I say but yet. it is, you know, it's like, it's interesting that just, you know, if you, if you even just grow a simple thing, yeah. and then you go, oh my God, I nurtured this. I guess anything in my life that I, you know, tend to the soil, oh my God, if I paid more attention to my kids, if I paid more attention to my job, if I paid more attention to being present, it's like you start extracting these really amazing life lessons. I got Lydia this thing called Blumenbox, and it's basically they just send you once a month like a bunch of different um, seeds and the soil and little tools Whoa. and you can you know like grow <laughs> Katie's ear just oh worked my up. god that's so we haven't cool got, I haven't gotten the first one yet so I don't know what it was oh called my Blumenbox god. What if anyone cares what a brilliant idea the yeah. kids our kids would love that I would love that yeah, what you a great either, thing to do with the family right yeah, you yeah. can either just get seeds or you can get um, they'll send you like an upgraded box they'll actually send you the, the soil and the tools and stuff okay I'll and, need that and, upgraded yeah. box <laughs> <laughs> oh and then I got I, I also subscribed to you get to the a, real upgrade will they actually 
send somebody with a the dude. Bi- <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Ted. I'm gonna yeah, 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 exactly. to your land. Um, it's uh, uh, and then I and then there was a, I wish I could remember the name of it, but I also. Uh, in conjunction with that, a separate like a fairy box where they'll send you like fairy shit, so you can just put like little like fairy scenes around your oh garden. Oh my god! Yeah, so it was that... actually pretty outdoorsy Christmas. Yeah, for, no, for you did really, really well. Yeah, for you for did an indoor really kid. Really well. Yeah, <laughs> you, no, you, you kind of nailed it. What did you score for? What, what what was what was your Christmas this year? What was my Christmas? So I got um I got an earring. I got nice, this little. I got a very little, pretty little earring. Um, and what else did we do? I got, my husband just wanted, I really didn't want to get it for him, but he really wanted the, the new iPhone. So I was like, am I really just getting you the new iPhone? And he was like, yes, you're really, it's all I really want. It's so really we can look up YouTube videos to figure out how to grow that ficus tree. And also take pictures of me. And take, <laughs> and take a The camera's amazing. That's the thing, like... He, the camera really is so amazing. And when we were on vacation, of course, like he helps me out with my social media and he takes photos and stuff. And of course we take photos of the whole family and everything. But, but he was like, oh, no, no, no. Actually, I think you're going to have to get your own camera now because I don't have the new one. And it was like, and he was like, no, because this is going to get really annoying really fast. He's oh, like, yeah. I finally have like a, a, a phone that just works is like, is a camera. Like, and now I'm just carrying around a Amazing camera. Amazing camera. Just okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so that was nice. So we got we had a really nice. That's nice. Really nice, really nice. How do you not go overboard with the kids? Like, how do you not go? Oh my god, let's just give them two hundred presents. You know what? It's really um, that is really hard, and it's a really good question. We make a really good point of um, we. There's a uh, an organization that I'm a part of called Baby to Baby, mm-hmm. which is all about donating um, gently used goods mm-hmm. um, and baby essentials from for kids from like age zero to twelve. Um, and and I'm actually I'm glad I'm getting a chance to plug it because they work. Um, not only with like about a gosh, I want to say it's like a hundred organizations just in the in the local Los Angeles um, county, like shelters, homeless shelters, foster kids. Um, by distributing all these items, we have mm-hmm. a big warehouse. So anybody, any organization, nonprofit can come to the warehouse and take whatever they need. Um, and they also distribute in, t- you know, in times of disaster. So you know, when the fires are happening here, I'm, I'm sure they're sending stuff to Australia as we speak. So they're an amazing organization. So they're always in need of any like books, toys, clothes, you know, anything that you could you can send um, to them. So. Every year before the holidays, we usually start around Thanksgiving time. Um, we kind of go through all the kids' things, and we start, you know, we start to explain to them, you know, Christmas is coming along. There are a lot of kids out there whose folks can't afford to buy things, and so it's a good way for us to be, you know, thoughtful and and to kind of pay things forward as we do, donate things forward. Um, but also start for them to kind of understand um, that you know we need to give back yeah. more more than we receive. That's nice. So it's a struggle a lot, mostly with our son who's a little bit younger. And he's like, but I don't. But I love this stuff. He doesn't bear. understand yet, right? But I yeah. love this stuffed bear, and then so we kind of you know we have to have a big talk about it or whatever. But you know, I'm also very clear. I'm like, you guys will get give. You guys will get what you give back, you yeah. know, and so that's that's that. I think the conversation starts with that first, and then they do their Christmas list, and of course, their Christmas list will probably have like twelve or thirteen things on them sure. that they want, and then it's like, but you know, Santa doesn't bring everything on the list. That's so, such a great you know what I mean? to you be, know? like blame it on another. Dude. Uh, I don't know why so, that fucking guy. What you know, a piece of shit. You know, 
I know you had 12 things you brought in. Yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's how and it works. so it's like one of those things that they'll get like that like Tommy got a bike. And he got a basketball, and then he got his he got his like little his stocking stuffed with some like, yeah. bits and pieces, like a terrarium or something, and like you know a car that he wanted. And Willow got like a, a light for her bedroom, which she really actually needed because she didn't have. And then she got some um, some hair dye because that's like all the rage now. And oh, she really? Kids it. are dyeing their hair. Yeah, she really wanted like she's been wanting to dye her hair for two or three years, and I was like, no, but it actually happened. And, <laughs> but but the thing was, I realized that she finally didn't believe in Santa because when she oh. saw it, she looked at me and she goes, thank you. Uh, and I was oh, like, wait, I, uh, me? Oh, I mean, I it should be uh, thanking Santa. Yeah. And I was like, I had a feeling like this was the first year she didn't believe in Santa. But I think the deal was, it was like, how is it? Because I don't remember finding out about that, but I was like, oh, they must, she must think like if she finds out about it and she cops to it, then, then she doesn't get presents from Santa anymore. Right, right. So like she's going to keep it on the down low. And I'm just wondering like how many more she How many more years? She'll be like 17. Hey! Santa! It's kind of funny that, that from like z- from zero to anywhere between 10 and 13. Yeah. 13 beyond is where we have to start unraveling the lies. Okay, a lot, many things we told you were not true. Yeah. And you have to unlearn a lot of that. Yeah. And then you get out of high school and you then you get into college and you're like, oh, shit I learned in high school wasn't true. And then you get out of college and you're like, oh, a bunch of shit they told me in college wasn't true. true. <laughs> yeah, it's just basically living this life oh is basically God. just about like unraveling lies that you've been told it's, your whole wow, life. You're so, so true. <laughs> oh my God, it's so terrible. I think that's great though. I think it's, you know, you could always tell the kids we had a conference call with Santa does conference calls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, like we're really trying yeah to... santa's actually over christmas this year it turns out kids like it's just like you know you're gonna give mommy that bear or mommy's gonna put your hands in snow yeah yeah so, exactly i don't know like you there decide you, you know yeah, if we can't yeah. if we can't win you over yeah. with the charitable angle <laughs> exactly i'm just i like to ask because my inclination would be to just give the kids everything but I've talked to a lot of friends who, uh, you know, who are very privileged and and but trying to strike the balance between yeah. like not turning their kids into dicks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Respect everybody. I mean, I had a friend literally go through it the the other day. She has like a four year old, I believe, and the four year old got a lot of presents because the you know you, grandma and grandpa and that side of the family, yeah. and then the other side of the family. Um, was Hanukkah, so she was getting multiple presents on each day of Hanukkah and stuff. And then, you know, they just went to, like, Rite Aid or whatever, and then the little girl was like, oh, I want this. Oh. You know, and she was like, no, (laughs) you're not having that. Like, because they get so used to the idea of, like, getting, getting, getting. And then and she goes, and as a result of saying no, we had the biggest meltdown in, like, aisle two of Rite Aid. You know what I mean? So she's like, that is that moment where, like, not only are they getting so many presents, but they're also getting a shit ton of sugar. Yes. And so, like, you're just, like, sitting. And attention. And attention and and the whole thing. getting that endorphin rush of ripping open a thing. Totally. It's all the soil. It's all what kind of soil are you going to grow your kid in? Exactly. It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet, pillowy dough. And get this, all of My Mochi's fabulous flavors like strawberry, mango, double chocolate, and cookies and cream are only around 80 calories per piece. Talk about a guilt-free, indulgent experience. Each box of My Mochi ice cream has six perfectly portioned gluten-free mochis that are great for grab-and-go. So feel good while curbing your afternoon cravings or the midnight munchies. Yeah. 
You know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. Well, I want to, I want to, we should talk about Messiah. Yeah. So that people know, uh, is it, is it, is it one of those things that you can't talk about too much without spoiling it? No, or can you talk about- no, I can, oh, I can good, talk good, about good. it. You know, um, I, you know, the thing that, um, drove me to this series, well, first of all, it was 10 episodes and I, you know, rarely do you get to read 10 episodes, a complete season of a show prior to doing it. And I was just coming off of a show and I didn't intend on going back to work, but you know, if if there's this thing called binge reading, like I binge read the whole thing and then I was like, shit, honey, I'm sorry. I'm going back to work. (laughs) You know, it was that thing. And I had never read anything um, that had such a, a large global um, perspective, like that, that encompassed like the the, the globe in yeah. terms of um, various different belief systems. You mm-hmm. know, the show is shot in Arabic and, and in Hebrew and in English. You know, and you and it speaks about um, you know Islam, Judaism, you know um, Christ, Christianity, or if you're agnostic, you know that's also another form of belief. Of course. So you don't have to necessarily um, subscribe to any one of these, and it doesn't purport to take any sides of any of these religions but what it is it's it's a man that is essentially um gained like notoriety for um some events that have taken place in the middle east Uh um on the border of of syria with some refugees and uh, in the nature of like you know social media it goes viral Mm -hmm. and i play a cia agent um, who sees this uh, see this, sees this um, event go viral, and I look at it immediately as a threat, um, and that this is somebody who's going to wreak havoc on a global scale, and so I go on to the pursuit of, of finding this man, um, and the man that should be noted, nobody ever call, he never calls himself the Messiah. Um, so you're basically a Jesus hunter. I'm a Jesus hunter, basically. <laughs> and what's interesting about the show, what I love, is that there's a number of various um, characters and storylines, and they are this really intricately woven story that's unraveled as you move through the the ten the ten episodes through the perspectives of all these different characters. Um, one being, you know, Messiah um, or Al Masi is 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 the character that um, he goes by. Um, but he's really holding a mirror up to the world, up to each one of these characters and these individuals, and is really asking them, like, no, like, I know you're all in search of something, whether it's actual freedom. If you're a refugee, you see it through the, the eyes of a refugee, a Syrian refugee. You see it the eyes from a pastor in, in um, Texas who's, um, you know, struggling with his church, and you see it from a woman um, who's professionally, like, this is her job to find this man. She's mm-hmm. like, you know, he's a con man. Um, but she's... Um, inwardly struggling with a lot of things personally. Um, She's living a very isolated life. So it's really what we project onto the world. And he holds a mirror to each of these characters and to the world itself and asks, and we're forced to ask ourselves, like, what are we projecting? What are the impact that we're making? And so it's a really, it provokes a, a conversation and it's I'm I'm so encouraged because that's what I loved about the show. It's such an international cast. Like I said, it was, it's in multiple languages, and it's really, but it but it feels like a thriller, right? Um, and it's if you know one episode like feels very threatening, and another one is very provocative, very thought provoking, and I encourage people to watch it. Like it's a communal experience because the takeaway from you know my my takeaway on it 
is so very different from my husband's takeaway from like anybody like my other friends who are watching it. Um, and it, it begs you to almost dissect each episode after you've watched it or talk about it. Like, cause you'll identify with the different characters. Almost have a show after a show that talks about that. Yeah, show. yeah, exactly. Really interesting yeah, idea. Yeah. So there you go. Talking there you go. Messiah. Yeah. So it's really, it's great. And, and the response that I've been getting so far, you know, it just, it just started airing January 1st, but people like that was the intention of our show for it to spark conversation with like you know in such divisive times so you don't have to believe in anything or any particular religious you know faith for you to um take away you know the messiah messiah is called messiah and people get um maybe some idea that we're like you know promoting one one religion or faith over the other but it's it's not that we're asking people to like look inward it forces you to look inward that's really interesting especially in a time where Literally, almost anything you can believe, anything yeah. you want to believe yeah. or believe, can be supported by whatever sort of you know rabbit holes you go down. Yeah, and, and, and propaganda. Is, yeah. And, you know, we all. You know, I think what's really great about this show is that it forces you to put yourself in someone else's shoes. I think, like, you know, we experience a particular kind of narrative. You know, we've been fed a particular kind of narrative about a particular kind of region or. Uh, religion or a group of people um, as and that's not indifferent to you know how people are receiving their news in other parts of the world sure. and so this show really lifts the curtain you know a little bit and you really see at the end of the day in my personal experience and having shot in these places as well is that we really are more alike than we are different and at the end of the day my god all we want is like freedom for our family we want safety we want health right and I think that the show really taps into that in a really profound way. And um, and it's really it, – that's exciting for me that there's like a dialogue that's starting now within, you know, different groups of people and people are, are realizing, you know, the impact that, you know, something like this, this conversation can have. And also fun – I would imagine fun for you to be able to – you know, like you might do a project that's just fun and then a project that's really thought-provoking sure. and then a project that challenges your own belief For system. Sure. That you Like being able to have that kind of a career mm-hmm. is – it sounds great and you got to take seven months off. I don't know. I, I, I think it sounds yeah. to me like you have the perfect career. Yeah. You I get mean, time with your family. You got a fucking rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went – and then after, you know, after this, the first movie that I went back to do – was the craft, which is like the night. Oh my god! Yeah, what with Zoe Lister, Zoe Lister Jones? She reimagined the How great night. How did I not 90- know they were? Ma- I love oh that movie. Oh my god, Jason Blumhouse. Feruza Balk. Yes. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, I loved the craft. Yeah. So it is fucking good. I'm I'm really excited. I just wrapped it. So we've got you know Zoe Lister Jones had this really great, brilliant idea about this reimagination. And it's really contemporary, kind of on the heels of the, the Me Too movement. She pitched it to Blumhouse, and he was like, "Let's go make it." So Sony's made it, and it's really it really tackles like so like real societal norms right now. And um, that's spectacular! It is. Oh my god, I love yeah, the craft. Yeah, yeah. Rosa Balk, Nev Campbell. Who else? Yeah. Robin Tooney. Robin Tooney. Yeah. Tooney. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Kill, amazing yeah, soundtrack. So, yeah. Oh, so yeah, now we've that. got a young female cast. It was Fantastic. all female I'm led. I'm so excited to see that. Yeah. When's that come out? Um, we don't have a release date. Okay. So we just we just wrapped it. So I imagine maybe like spring, summer. Oh my God. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be all over that. Yeah. Is, if she doesn't already know about it, she's yeah. going to be right into that. Yeah. Too. You're going to dig it. So I cool. do notice some 
witchy candles around the house yeah. from time to time. Yeah. Like she goes to a like I I'll yeah, see like her. Yeah, like the sage and she probably like Palo Santo. Well, she and goes all that. to this place and she gets these candles in there there and and there are I notice there are different oils. Yes. That make it or or sometimes I'm a shower person and she's a bath person, but if I take a bath, or go, let me let me put mix so a little some bit oils. of lavender, a little yeah, lavender. yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah, does yeah. like these yeah, these oils. Lavender, in the bathtubs. A little bit of lavender, a little bit of lemon, a little. She bit might of, be know. a secret witch. Yeah, <laughs> she might be a secret witch, <laughs> and so just good. doesn't really talk openly. Oh about my it, god, I love some it. Witchy things I love that it. Happen I love us. it. Katie Levine, did we ever figure out what you're supposed Warm to? Warm water. Warm water. Not hot water. God. Because you probably want to get the circulation going exactly, again, right? Exactly. Warm water it is. Warm not a, water. Not a steamy hot shower for your not kid. A, <laughs> not a heater, <laughs> not a steamy yeah, hot yeah, shower. Yeah, exactly. Don't put your hands on or yeah. in a stove. Uh, warm, <laughs> just tepid water. To get uh, the circulation flowing again, I hope we've I hope we've saved someone's hands <laughs> today on the show, um, Michelle Monaghan. You have always been so amazing and coming on. I think this is like your third or fourth time, yeah. coming on, and uh, I just appreciate you so much. I and, appreciate and, you, and and I don't know uh, is, is, is like if Pete's around, and you guys ever want to like <laughs> hang out, uh, hang out, Let's or have a dinner or Let's something. Let's do it. I would love that. You know, like I we, would love that because we we it's you know I feel like. It almost feels like Legend of Zelda with friends as you yeah. get older. You're like, every good yeah. friend that you meet is a treasure. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you got to just, yes. you know, there's a lot of not great people in the world. Or people totally. that don't that you don't vibe think with. to your values. Exactly. Yes, yes, that you exactly. don't vibe with. Yeah. And so it just, I do feel like that idea of choosing who to hang out with and, and sort of carefully yeah. it's like t- a tilling group. your friend garden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If you will, I'll tell mine. If you tell, till, till, mine. yeah, yeah, I'll tilling your friend garden to just make sure that it's it's filled with good people. But you're just you're just and you guys just seem like the coolest parents Thank too. Thank you. So when we do have kids, if I do text you for every once in a while, I'll be like, what do I do if <laughs> dot 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 done don't done? I would it. love that. A lot of it's probably going to just be like, don't fucking worry about it. Just, just it relax. is a lot of it is don't worry about it, but yeah, no, I got I got so much advice on that on that front. It's like yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, that's, but that's what it seems like is the it, you know if you helicopter parent, then your kids are going to get messed up. Yeah, but if you're there's that balance between like being present but not overly yeah. exactly exactly. And how do you find that? It's I, so true. I don't know because I imagine when you have a kid. A lot of chemical things kick in. For sure. That your your body is telling you, like, shield this, stop that. Oh, but, you know, just, and I don't, I so I have no predictions yeah. for how, what type yeah. of parent I'm going to be. Yeah, and you, and you won't know until as you move through it. The one thing that I've always sort of, you know, Kevin Bacon gave me the best advice. He was like, just always remember this too shall pass. So, like, when you're in <laughs> that dark, dark moment where, like, you're when not sleeping. When you're in aisle two of the right end. Oh, and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And this too shall pass. Yeah. And then when you're having, like, the most beautiful moment, like, yeah. you know, I was in the tub last night with both the kids. And we had, like, a great night. And we all slept, like, 11 hours. Oh. And I was, like, in that tub. We were all playing and, like, splashing each other and shit. And I was, like, that. I had that feeling. I was, like, this too shall pass. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's about... It's about cherishing the moments that when when they're good and everything.
everything's kind of like singing and you're like, okay, this is what really matters. That's an interesting t- – I've never heard that take on it before because this too shall pass I've always heard as being like yeah. when negative things happen. Yeah. But it's also a reminder – To be present. To be to, present. to appreciate Because it's it. all going to pass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. God yeah. damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My brain just spews out of it. It makes so much sense. Yeah. 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 A, lot of, a lot of stuff, a lot of philosophies, a lot of religious lives, they, they all – have that core idea of like live of just like being yeah. as present as possible. It as, is. As it's can. true. It's like I and I we we really live by like I recently explained like what the golden rule was to my son about you know about I mean like about, about a month ago it was right around the holiday time. I was we're not religious people. We're very spiritual, but we really really do live by the golden rule. Like do unto others as you have them do yeah. unto you. And, um, and I was really, and I, and I just used that. I was like, listen, like, you know, I was on holiday and he was kind of being a dick and, uh, <laughs> you know, to his sister. And I was like, listen, I was like, do you realize like early, like Willow just gave you whatever she was doing. She wanted to share it with you. But earlier in the day, you remember, you know, like when she asked you if she could use that or try that or whatever, you were really, you know, you said no. And I said, I just want to be a reminder, like, what Willow just did for you right now is the golden rule. So that that's an example of the golden rule that I was trying right. to explain to you. And I wasn't like trying to be a jerk about it, but I wanted him to realize and see like, you know, she let it go when he didn't do it. But then like when she did it later for him, you know, and I said, that's the golden rule. What she just did for you. Did like, he that absorb was, that? Oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I know. Oh, that's I know. great. So he absorbed it. So it's not like – like, getting upset with them, but I'm just like pointing it out to you. Like, so that's the golden rule. Like that's how that works. Yeah. Right. So maybe next time, you know, and it's just like, you know, slowly implanting like little things into their head. But it's also understanding what the present is. Yeah. Because I feel when we were snorkeling in Hawaii, we came upon these sea turtles that were just so chill and you can't get too close to them and you can't, you're you're not not allowed to touch them and you can't touch the coral. So you have to be very careful. But they were the chillest, like, didn't, you know, like, they would just surface right near you. And they all looked like fucking Crush from Nemo. They all looked like Crush. (laughs) And so I'm in this moment and I'm like, oh, I got to appreciate. I'm like, I'm trying to absorb, like, I'm trying to feel as much of the present as possible. And then I realize, like, oh, that's not... That's not like maybe that's how like a former alcoholic tries to like oh I gotta suck in every <laughs> yeah it's like no you just have to be here yeah and you just have to notice everything yeah. and it doesn't have to feel like some sort of a rush it's just yeah. it's just you just, uh, just uh, understanding being, and appreciating yeah. that you're in this moment yeah. and you know and like, breathing it in breathing right? it in and you know my dad loved turtles and he you know so that's how I remember one of the ways I remember him and oh, just sort of man. like experiencing it rather than like I gotta fucking feel yeah. I gotta feel you know, I feel yeah, the yeah. present like it's a shot yeah. of tequila like yeah. no it's just yeah. a, it's just a it's just a state it's yeah. like you're not chasing the happiness you're just being yeah that's that's such a great way of that's just a really great way of putting it not chasing the happiness but just sort of being in the in in the happiness of that already exists right then and there i can't wait to watch your show now that we have a working internet yeah (laughs) i think you guys will dig it i think it'll speak to you just hear you describe it like just because the different perspectives and then and and of course my next question is like well, is he the? But you can't tell me that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. Have to watch. Yeah, and it, and yeah, and everybody's answer will will probably be different in terms of 
Yeah. Anytime you ever need anything, I don't know how Lydia or I could be helpful to you or Pete, but <laughs> well, we're here for you. If you see any grapefruit missing, my friend. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll give you, yes, I'll bring you, I will, we, will, we will bring you some grapefruits okay. from, from the trees. I'll, I'll swap you some, some Meyer lemons for a grapefruit. Oh, yeah. We'll do, we'll do a lemon swap. Okay. That sounds like a gross thing. Don't, do not Google lemon swap. I guarantee you the first page of Google results is disgusting. I'm just taking a guess. Thank you for being here, Michelle Monahan. Thank you. The Thank end. You. That was the ID10T podcast number 1040 with Michelle Monahan. It's time for Idiot Rap. Idiot Rap W-R-A-P? Like a wrap up? Or is it like R-A-P like a like a rap? Like we're having a rap session. God. I this is the year I just land on a name for whatever this section is called. But uh because it is a new year, uh I've been thinking a lot about, I mean, obviously, you know. Everyone uh, makes resolutions. That's what we do after the Winter Harvest Feast. We start a new calendar year. It's a new us. It's a new decade. It's a new everything. So let's, you know, let's like make broad, sweeping, massive changes in our life. And I really have come to... By the way, I used to love the sort of massive change thing, right? Because it, it you know, like you can just... It, it, it gives you a thing to jump to. Right? Oh, I'm not happy with whatever, you know, life situation I'm in or however I, whatever my habits are that I want to change. So I'm just going to, all of a sudden, on a dime, I'm just going to change. I'm just going to do it. And this is the signal. The new year, a new decade is a, a nice signal to make that sharp term. And then, obviously, the sort of cliche joke is that, uh, you know, after two weeks, you might just sink back into your old habits. So why is that? I don't think it's because uh, you, we're bad people or we're, or we're lazy people or we suck or any of the crap that we tell ourselves um, to feel bad. I honestly think it, it generally has a lot to do with just trying to take on too much at once. Habits are difficult to change. It's sort of like, you know, think about, let's say you want to change your fitness regime or your work habits or whatever. Um if you wanted to, let's say, learn the clarinet, for example, you wouldn't just give up after a week. Oh, I didn't master the clarinet in a week. Because you know that's not a realistic goal. But why, so why do we treat ourselves the same way? Like we expect to just massively change our habits or our lives. Uh, and then if it doesn't work or it's hard or we can't really figure out how to do it in a week or two, we're just like, ah, fuck it. So this is what I propose to you, all right? Instead of, instead of trying to embrace – it's good to have like big ticket goals if you want them. If you want them. I'm not saying you have to do – you don't have to do any of this. You don't have to make big changes for the new year if you don't want to. If you're happy and content with where you are, good. Good for you. That's great. That's a great place to be. But um, I think it's good if you want to have like big, you know, giant goals, but maybe commit yourself to focusing on incremental change. I honestly think, you know, incremental change, someone posted something on Reddit, might have been in the Get Motivated subreddit, but it was just on basically like the um the the graph of um compound interest and how it just sharply goes up 
after a little bit of time. And so if you just focus on incremental change, you know, just kind of whatever you can get done in a day, even if it's, it's like when I'm practicing piano some days, I only have like 10 minutes, you know, like if Lydia and I are going out to dinner and I get ready before she does and I have 10 or 15 minutes, I'll just go sit down at the piano and uh, noodle around for 10 or 15 minutes. Now, is that 10 or 15 minutes going to make me an expert piano player? No, but I got to check the box for the day. So not only do I feel good about myself because I actually did it, but it does like every little piece does contribute to the overall goal. So what if we just kind of approached life that way? Like we embrace the incremental because over time, which moves very quickly as we are living in 2020 now in the future, it, it's two months will go by before you know it, four months, six months, a year, two years, and all of those little incremental changes that you embraced on a, you know, on a daily basis will add up and it will blow your fucking mind. <laughs> so give future you the gift of incremental um, positive deposits, I suppose you want to say. Uh, you know, my, my fitness trainer, Tom, always just says like, oh, just make daily deposits. You're just making little deposits in your account, in the account of you. And then, you know, like the example being that if I make fitness deposits and then all of a sudden, you know, I go through like a month where I get sick and I'm traveling or something happens or I, you know, hurt my foot and I can't work out. I've made a bunch of deposits that basically allow me to sort of live off that savings for like, you know, however much time. And then when I'm able, and then I just kind of get back into it. That's why I don't stress about like fitness stuff anymore. I used to really freak out if, if I, you know, if there was like three weeks that where I couldn't do it or a month or whatever, go, oh, I got to start all over. Now, I don't start all over. It doesn't matter. I just, I do it when I can. I make the deposits when I can. And you can do that with your habits too. So embrace incremental change. There's so much power in what feels so small because those are the building blocks. Those are the molecules. If you just looked at molecules, if you looked at, at molecules through a microscope, you'd go, well, what the fuck are these? These aren't anything. These are just little globs. They'll mean anything. But then as you start to get more of a, of a, a, a galactic view, you see like, oh my God, these little tiny incremental things are the building blocks of everything. So embrace your habit molecules. <laughs> I hope this wasn't too rambly. I didn't really think it out before I started saying it. It's just all been kind of swirling in my head. But I really do believe that embracing these kind of incremental changes will um, help you achieve success. Because again, when you try to make, you know, when you, it's like, if you want to embrace fitness, you're not going to get into shape in one session. So don't kill yourself in the gym, or if you want to write a novel, you're not going to write it sitting down one time. So don't beat yourself up if you don't write the perfect novel in one session or a week, <laughs> you know, like those are the types of goals that when you put that kind of expectation on yourself, and then chances are, you're not going to get in shape in one session, you're probably going to injure yourself, or you're not going to write a novel in one session, you're probably going to hate writing after that, because you're putting so much pressure on yourself. You're just kind of setting yourself up to fail for yourself. Because you're gonna go, oh, I didn't do it. I didn't write a novel a day. I suck, man. Fuck this. I'm never going to do this. And then it's painful. And then you avoid it, because you're ashamed. So don't, so it's not about, um, it's just about the conversation you have with yourself and how you define success and how you accept your daily habits into your life. And then 
sooner or later, those little incremental things just become a part of you again. You know, they, they become a part of you. And then you will be a novelist or a piano player or a fitness guru or whatever it is that you want to, to achieve. You, will, you can achieve what you focus on. So uh, feed yourself uh, good uh, habits. Feed yourself a good personal inner dialogue. Feed yourself. Uh, ma- make it easy for yourself to succeed by embracing incremental change. So there you go. If you can sort through any of all and all that stuff, I appreciate you listening to this. I hope you have a, a wonderful, happy um, new year. And, uh, and I'll see you in your ears real soon. ID 10 scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. Behind every successful business is a story, and some of them might surprise you. Like how Chobani's first yogurt factory was discovered on a piece of junk mail, or how the founder of the multi-million dollar cosmetics brand Drunk Elephant was told by everyone, including her own mother, that the name sounded like a dive bar. I'm Guy Raz, and on my show How I Built This, I talk to founders behind the world's biggest companies and brands to learn the real stories of how they built them. In each episode, you'll hear entrepreneurs share moments of doubt and failure and talk about how they were able to overcome them on their way to the top. How I Built This is like a masterclass in innovation and creativity, a how-to guide for navigating life's challenges from the people who've done it all. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.